You're listening to audio from St. Luke Church in Lexington, Kentucky. If you'd like to learn more or donate to this ministry, please check out our website at stlukelex.com. Good morning. What a joy to be here as a retired Methodist pastor. I sure miss preaching, and Pastor Brian has been so gracious to invite me. Years ago, a person said to me, you get paid too much to preach. I said, I preach for free. I love to preach. I get paid to put up with a few people. You don't know how true that is, but they're not here this morning. I got to be careful this morning. There's so many wires up here. I hope I don't get electrocuted. (laughs) And Pastor Brian rigged me up with this portable mic, and I feel like my false teeth are going to fall out. I don't even have false teeth. And now I got to wear glasses to see. I preached 44 years without glasses, and now with cataracts, you lose your near vision. So here I am. My wife says she's married to a Rice Krispie. I just snap, crackle, pop all the time. So with an artificial knee and an artificial hip and two shoulders that are shot, here I am. And I'm not Brian. I'm not going to move around the way Brian does. I don't have those fancy shoes like he has. You do know how blessed we are to have Brian and Mandy. I know what's out there, and we're blessed to have them and uh, blessed for their leadership. And I made a vow a year ago that we pray for them every morning. And the teenager Sunday school class also made a vow to pray for them every morning. And I challenge you all, every morning, pray for Pastor Brian and his family. I've got to be careful this morning. The last time I preached was in Paris, Kentucky, and I fell down. I was walking out of the pulpit and fell backwards. So, uh, Lord, bless me today. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, what a joy to be in your presence and the presence of these beautiful people. Thank you for the miracle of Christmas. Thank you for the miracle of this new year. Thank you for the miracle of the church. And, Lord, it's all about you. Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth And the meditations and thoughts of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Who can tell us this morning, who was Simon of Cyrene? He carried the cross of Jesus. Now, when you study the four Gospels, it's fascinating. He's not in the John's Gospel. When John tells the story of the crucifixion, uh, Simon of Cyrene is not there. 
but he is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels. They see Jesus alike. But in Matthew and Luke, it just says Simon of Cyrene was forced by the Roman soldiers to carry the cross of Jesus. But listen to Mark, Mark 15, 21. Simon of Cyrene, father of Alexander and Rufus. Now that may not sound very inspiring, but think about this. Why would Mark add that information? It'd be like me telling you, Pastor Brian, father of Luke and Sarah Margaret, you would know who I meant. So when, when Mark wrote these words that Simon of Cyrene was the father of Alexander and Rufus, the readers knew exactly about whom he was speaking. That Simon and Cyrene became a Christian and so did his boys. And that's what I want to preach about this morning. Generational Christianity. We believe that God wants everybody to be a Christian and to go from generation to generation to keep it up, to keep it up, and keep it up. Not just this individual Christianity, but family Christianity. One generation after another. That Simon of Cyrene knew the Lord Jesus and so did his boys. In Romans 16, 16, 13, Paul's writing to the Roman church. He'd never been there before. And he sends personal greetings to people he knows because they had migrated to Rome. He mentions Aquila and Priscilla, whom he knew in Corinth. And listen to this verse. I send greetings to Rufus, that outstanding worker in the Lord's service, and to his mother, who has always treated me like a son. Isn't that beautiful? Paul is saying not only is Rufus a great Christian because of his mom and dad, but he's there in Rome serving Christ and the church. The Lord wants our families to be generational Christians. Now in the Old Testament, it talks about the patriarchs, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But how about the matriarchs? There's Abraham, and there's Sarah, and there's Isaac, and there's Rebekah, and there's Jacob, and there's Rachel. You've got grandparents, sons and daughters, and grandkids that know and love the Lord. That is the will of God. Now, many of you here know and remember Tom and Fran Ditto, especially if you had connection with the Park Church here in Lexington. About a month before Tom passed away, I visited him in Wesley Village, and I said, Tom, you and Fran have raised four wonderful sons, Denny, David, Dale, and Doug, and they're all Christians. They all love the Lord. I said, what's your secret? He said, I played ball with them, and Mama prayed with them. I like that. I played ball with them, and Mama prayed with them. Of course, he prayed with them, too. But they raised Christian children, and that is the will of God, that we just don't stop in our Christian faith, but we continue that Christian faith on and on and on after generation and generation. We find this in the New Testament when Paul writes Timothy. He said, Timothy, I know the faith that's in you, which was also in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. 
Isn't that great to have your, your grandparents listed in the Bible? Timothy, I know you're a Christian, but you owe a lot of that to your grandmother and your mother that you caught the Jesus virus from them. I believe that Christianity is not only taught, it's caught. That when you love the Lord, your kids should also love the Lord. Mother Teresa put it this way, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. What would it profit a Methodist preacher if he pastored the biggest church in the conference and lost his own kids? What would it profit you if you became a millionaire and lost your family? Mom and dad, the most important thing in your life is your family. And your biggest Christian responsibility is to raise them for the Lord. Deuteronomy. God says, take heed to yourself and remember all that you've seen, lest you forget it. And keep these things in your heart all your life and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Over and over in the Old Testament, there's this theme. It's not just for you, but it's a legacy. It's a tradition. You pass the faith down from one generation to another. In Isaiah 51.8, God says, my righteousness shall be forever and my salvation from generation to generation. Now we all know who Billy Graham is. But there was a Billy Graham before Billy Graham. His name was Dwight L. Moody. He was the Billy Graham of the uh, Civil War generation. And for the last half of the 1800s, he preached all over England and America. He died in 1899. And one of his meetings, a lady came forward to pray, and she said, Mr. Moody, God is calling me to be a missionary to the pagans. And when she came to the altar, her kids all came with her, and there were seven kids in staircase fashion, just like that. And she said, Mr. Moody, God is being, calling me to be a missionary to the heathen. And Moody says, yes, ma'am, he is, and there they are right behind you. <laughs> There's the little heathens that you're supposed to bring to Christ. In 44 years of being a Methodist preacher, I learned it's all about family. It's all about family. And I made an observation. Churches with strong family generational tradition are strong. There are thousands of small Methodist churches across this country that are almost dead because there used to be a farming community and the generation stayed there and stayed in the church but then the kids all moved away and they didn't bring any new people in and they're dying today but those churches that have generation after generation continue to grow it's a joy to watch here at St. Luke grandparents whose kids and grandkids are here we were so blessed at the uh, Christmas Eve service, 3.30 service last Saturday, when Susan gave the invitation for all the kids to come down to the altar, uh, little Fritz uh, Mullet, well, that's, that's his maiden name, Mullet, uh, little Fritz, you know who I'm talking about, uh, Tim and Marty Mullet, Fritz headed for the podium. <laughs> yeah, all the kids, were, and he's up here 
in the pulpit. I thought, man, that's great. Maybe that's a divine sign he's being called to preach. <laughs> but that is the will of God. <clears throat> We've got some wonderful people here this morning from Harlan County. And I was the DS over Harlan County. And during World War II, there were 70,000 people in Harlan County for the war effort, the coal mining industry. Today, there are 23,000 people in Harlan County. What do you think that's done to the churches? It's sad. It's sad to see churches that used to prosper and grow and full, and today they're empty, like the town of Lynch. There used to be 10,000 people in the town of Lynch. Today, there's 1,000. Give thanks we live here in Lexington with all these people around us. The fields are white unto harvest. We've got to win whole families to Christ, to know Him, love Him, and serve Him one generation after another. You saw Reverend Halbrook's picture this morning. He's the pastor who brought me to Christ. And when they came to Maysville, our family was lost as goats. We weren't atheists. We weren't uh, agnostics. We were, as Chuck Hunter says, agnostics. We didn't know. We didn't know anything about God. We didn't read the Bible. We didn't have the upper room. We didn't even have table grace. So when the Halbrooks came to town and we started attending church and starting to learn about who Jesus Christ really is, and he's the savior of the world, it made sense to give your heart to God. And I saw my whole family converted because of the Halbrooks. And think of that today. Ben's being blessed because of the legacy of Ken and Betty Halbrook. That their son, Johnny, caught the faith from mom and dad, a preacher's kid. Preacher's kids are either better or bitter. I've seen both. I've seen preacher's kids who are mad, and I've seen preacher's kids who follow mom and dad's example. <clears throat> Johnny made a lot of money. He became an engineer. And I teased him one time. I said, you know, John, in high school, I was good in history and language. You were good in math and science. There's a whole lot more money in math and science than language and history. He was the CEO of the Wood Woodward Company, made industrial pipes all over the world, industrial pumps. Look at Wes Wilcox this morning. His grandfather was my eighth grade school teacher, Bob Wilcox. Bob's, his grandmother, uh, Mary, was my first Sunday school teacher. They loved the Lord. And Wes's father, Steve Wilcox, caught the virus, and he and his wife, Marla, have raised a Christian family. And Wes is here this morning because of his grandparents and his parents. That is the will of God. And we're blessed this morning to have our whole family here. Judy and I have been married 54 years, 25 of the best years of my life. Now, <laughs> now, she says 10 for her, but we've been blessed. But I'm glad that our daughter Tracy and our daughter Lori and their husbands, they all love the Lord. They're all followers of Jesus, and all of our grandkids are Christians. I'm so proud of that. Boaz is our adopted grandson from Africa. And when we got Boaz, 
We had him about two months, and Boaz gave his heart to Christ. So Boaz was baptized and joined the church. He told me later that day, he said, Papa, that was such fun. Can we do that again next week? <laughs> I'm glad that all my grandkids love the Lord, and I'm proud of them all. They caught the faith. They caught the faith. This morning, the devotional reading was from Philippians. Paul wrote Philippians from the Roman jail. And when Paul wrote the letter to Romans, he had not yet been to Rome. But he knew these people because uh, of other, other contacts. But when Paul was in the Philippian jail, you recall he and Silas had been beaten and put in chains in, in the lower dungeon, the earthquake and they broke loose of the chains and the, and the jailer came in to see if they'd escaped. And the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? You recall what he said? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household, your family, all the kids and grandkids can come to Christ and be saved. That is the will of God. And that night, Paul baptized the whole family. Enough of this individual Christianity. We need family Christianity and generational Christianity. <clears throat> but we also need a reality check. For those of us who have kids or grandkids that are not in the kingdom, that are wild, don't go on a guilt trip. I, just, I, I learned a long time ago <clears throat> that people do what they want to do. So if you have children that are not in the church, don't beat yourself up. If you did your best and raised them for Christ, because people do what they want to do. And there's examples of that in history. Right now, the Broadway Hamilton is really popular. And you recall who shot him? Aaron Burr. Did you know Aaron Burr's grandfather was a preacher? Aaron Burr's grandfather was Jonathan Edwards, the great leader of the first great awakening in America, an outstanding preacher. And Aaron Burr's mother was Jonathan Edwards' daughter. And Aaron Burr was tried for treason. Aaron Burr was an illegitimate father. And notice I didn't say he had an illegitimate child. There are no illegitimate children. They're illegitimate parents. And let's don't beat them up either. He was the third vice president of the United States under Thomas Jefferson. And he shot and killed Aaron Burr. But we also have closer. Uh, we have a Methodist story. We all know who John Wesley is. Do you know who John Wesley Harden was? And John Wesley Harden's dad was a Texas Methodist circuit rider, a preacher. And John Wesley Harden, his son, was the worst killer in Western history. He killed 44 men, the son of a Methodist preacher. When he was 15 years old, he killed his first man. When he was in elementary school, he knifed another student. Even though his dad was a preacher, he chose not to go that route. 
John Wesley died at home in bed saying, the best of all, God is with us. John Wesley Harden died on the floor of a saloon in El Paso, Texas with a bullet in the back of his head. And he said, uh-oh, that's not much of a legacy to leave, is it? I'll tell you another one I thought of just this morning. Did you know Hugh Hefner was a Methodist? Hugh Hefner, playboy. He was raised in a strong Christian Methodist home in the Midwest. But he decided not to go that way. He decided to go the other way. But parents, put up every obstacle you can that kids won't go wild. Love your kids Raise them for Christ, pray with them, and play with them. And this morning, I want to give an altar call during communion. If you're here today and you're blessed to be a Christian family, give thanks. If you're here today and all your kids and grandkids love the Lord, you need to, as you come for communion, to say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. And if you have kids today that are outside the church, you need to pray and intercede. And if you've never started a Christian family home, you need to begin today. I went to Asbury College in 1963, the first person in my family who went to a Christian school. And I was a little bit embarrassed when all these families came up with generational history of Christianity. Several families at Asbury, their grandparents were in the ministry and met at Asbury. And then I got to thinking, okay, it's now, it's your turn to start a legacy. You can't help your background. You had no control over who your grandparents were, but you have a big control over who your grandkids are. So you start a Christian legacy. And that's what Judy and I did. And it paid off. God is good. He is faithful. So this morning as we come for communion, either give thanks, pray, or just give your life totally to Christ. Lord, we thank you this morning for your blessing. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of legacy and generational Christianity. Help us today to love our kids and grandkids and bring them all to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.